Okay, here we go. Welcome to episode 263 of the Design Details Podcast. I'm Brian Levin. And I'm Marshall Buck. And we're speaking with a weird pace. <laughs> yeah, I'm just copying you. <laughs> <laughs> How's it going? Pretty good, man. Uh, it's it's an auspicious day. Ah, oh, and why is that? Today is the day of mine birth. Wow. Uh-huh. This is a special day. Uh-huh, another revolution. You're getting to spend it talking to me over the internet. Uh, yeah, what, would, what a treat. I wouldn't treat. have it any other way. Right? I thought of getting you a gift, but I knew we would be recording, so. Oh, this is, yeah, this is plenty. <laughs> this is enough. I appreciate <laughs> An it. An hour conversation with me is, is, uh... More than a boy could ask for, really. <laughs> Fuck, I'm actually spacing on the word where something is beyond value. <laughs> oh, invaluable? <laughs> <laughs> That's the word that I could not think of. Ah, <laughs> oh, shit, I forget. What color was George Washington's white horse? I can't, I can never remember. <laughs> can never remember. Uh, well, happy birthday, Marshall. And, and Thank you, buddy. I'm so, so glad that I'm getting to, to see you virtually, digitally. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, I've just been sitting at home in my pajamas playing Overwatch all day so far. Sounds like a good birthday. Well, yeah. when people uh, listening to this here, it, it will be long past, but... Mm-hmm. Uh, at least people will know that that this day came and went and and this recording happened which uh is going to be a good one we've got a good episode coming up uh but before we get into that i want to thank our sponsor envision studio for making this episode possible envision studio is making it easier to build great digital products with you and your team for the modern era it's a new time it's a great time we're in the golden age of building digital products and uh the tools that we used in the past are just no longer making the cut and we need something new, something forward-thinking, and something that takes into the considerations of what it actually takes to build digital products today, and that is Envision Studio. It's the world's most powerful screen design tool that brings together design, prototyping, animation, and collaboration all in one place. They've hooked it up into their existing Envision cloud infrastructure, so if you're already using it, it just makes it so much easier to build great products with one connected workflow. Designers at companies like Uber, Zendesk, Salesforce, and Shopify are already using Envision Studio to prototype, animate, and collaborate on all the features that they're shipping that millions of people use every day, and you can do the same. They are in early access right now. It's free forever for you and for your team. Go to envisionapp.com slash studio. Give it a try. This is a next generation tool for building digital products. Uh, with collaboration, animation, and prototyping in mind. Go do it. It's free at envisionapp.com slash studio. Thank you so much to Envision Studio for making this episode possible. Thanks, Envision Studio. Appreciate it. <laughs> we appreciate you. And we appreciate you, listener, for for <laughs> getting to this point. Marshall. You made it. You made it two whole, three whole minutes in or something. <laughs> well, if they're listening at 1x, which, <laughs> yeah, mother true. of God, if you're still on 1.25x, what are you doing? That's some granularity. 1.25. I'm <laughs> used to like 1.5, 2.0. That's too fast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm uh, a speed demon. I, I find that comedy podcasts such as ours uh, can't, can't be thoroughly enjoyed at, at anything faster than 1x. <laughs> yeah. Are we, are we into the comedy category in the podcast store? Like, yeah, I actually relisted us this week. Surprise. Appropriate. <laughs> Appropriate. All right. 
what's going on? How how do we do last week? Let's uh, let's follow up a little bit. So so last week we did our first interview. Yes. And uh, or since the format update, and uh, I think it went pretty <laughs> the well. First interview on design details ever. <laughs> yeah, that would be stupid to say. Sorry, uh, since the <laughs> since the update, and I think it went really well. I, I think uh, Ihani was a great guest and had some uh, wonderful insights. If you if you hadn't listened to it, go back and check it out. I think it was a really good one. Mm-hmm. But yeah, hope to do that more in the future. Yeah, I think it, it was fun to dip back in. We're definitely still learning. I mean, I, I've been doing these sorts of interviews for a long time, but this is a new format with less time and it's not in the same room. So there's just a little bit of a different feel. So I think we have a little bit of, of learning to do as well to get those to to continue to be better. I thought Yohani was an awesome first guest. True. But anyways, we'd love to hear what y'all, the listeners, thought. Uh, we hope you enjoyed last week's episode. If you want us to keep doing interviews, just let us know. Uh, hit us up on Twitter, Design Details FM, or reach out to Marshall and I. We had a lot of fun and, and hope you enjoyed it. Last little bit of follow-up, Michael Neprath, longtime listener, friend of the show. Friend of the show. <laughs> friend of the pod. I think was uh, one of the first people to ever leave us a review on iTunes. And, and since we've been asking for iTunes reviews, he went back and edited his and said, in all caps, still loving it. Which, <laughs> Michael, you could have said still loving it and just nailed it. But <laughs> you dropped the ball. Cheesy beggar. I give your review four stars <laughs> oh, gee. the review of his review <laughs> we are really appreciate itunes reviews those help itunes know that people are listening to the show helps us move up the charts and helps more designers discover the show so if you have a second if you've been enjoying the show we'd really appreciate an itunes review so thank you michael for for the update and we're we're very happy that you're still enjoying design details indeed indeed all right marshall mm-hmm we got some news this week. We sure do. We actually don't mostly we? have news this week. Yeah, almost exclusively news. <laughs> uh, entirely exclusively news, but I think this is plenty of stuff to talk about. So yes. this uh, should take up the bulk of the episode. But you added most of these uh, links in here, and I've gone through and looked at them. And this first one is fascinating to me. <laughs> Can you? You want to set it up? No, no, you you go. No, you're the one who shared it. Okay, so this morning, today is Friday, August 31st, 2018, 80. Yes. <laughs> this morning, someone that works on product at Twitter, I'm not sure the exact role, uh, Sarah Hader, tweeted out, hey, Twitter, we've been playing with some rough features to make it feel more conversational uh, on Twitter. Presence and reply threading, still early and iterating on these thoughts. And, and she shared two screenshots of what looks like work in progress, sort of, conceptual explorations of yes making twitter more conversational this is this is noteworthy for a couple of reasons before we even talk about the design is i i think this is the first time i've seen twitter do this maybe i maybe they've done it in the past but being transparent about experimental and obviously unfinished work is not common for no. big companies let alone like any company right uh, what do you think, Marshall? So I'm a caveat by saying I think this is like programmer art, or I don't know, maybe I just insulted someone really terribly by saying I think this is programmer I think, art. I think you might have insulted a lot of programmers. <laughs> uh, sorry, PM art? Is that better? I don't know. Well, <laughs> Probably yeah, not. maybe ex- explain like the design a little bit. I, this is hard to do in, in audio, but... Yeah, I mean, for people listening, let's try and set a little context. I'll put a link in the show notes and you can check it out. So the design, instead of having kind of a flat list of tweets... Under the the seed tweet, I guess, would be the the way to describe this. Instead of the reply chain just kind of looking like a bunch of tweets under that, this looks far more like a chat 
app where, or a chat interface where when you say something, your bubble is in blue and it's all, it's all bubbly with avatars on the left. And instead of them um, being full bleed cells, it's, it's very much more like chatty. There's presence indicators, big, big yeah. ass green dots on there. and Online status indicators. Yeah. Yeah. What's the, I don't know what the value is of that. I think it's interesting because I know that historically people tend to f- be pretty polarized by online status indicators. In one mm-hmm. camp, it, it is a useful tool for collaborating with people. It's like setting appropriate context about the pace that this conversation will happen. For example, you see a green dot on someone and you can set context that, yeah, I'm probably going to get a, a reply pretty soon. I'm going to stick around on my computer. I'm going to leave this tab open. Then, of course, the inverse of that is the people who have green dots who don't want people to know that they have green dots and want perhaps like some privacy around if they're on their computer. I don't know. The thing that always appealed to me about Twitter is, it, well, not the only thing, but one of the things that appealed to me about Twitter is that it's asynchronous, right? You don't have to, it's not a chat app. It's a, it's a public posting app where you can say things to particular people, but they can get back to you whenever they want to. I don't know. I, I have enough obligations as far as like getting back to people through chat apps i have like 80 chat apps as everyone else does i'm sure yeah do i need twitter to be another one of those is that even what twitter's good at or good for i don't know i wonder i mean i wonder if this is based on some research that they did where like a bunch of teens are using it to like you know they only have 40 followers and like all their followers are their friends and it's just like basically a a private public chat app you know public chat app yeah yeah i can totally imagine this happening like this makes sense for dms right like dms totally one-on-one chat makes sense but this plus there's like um indenting for replies which that breaks down real quick because you end up every time you indent you lose uh horizontal width you know horizontal space and then you know eventually it gets down to a sliver and you get you know three characters wide yeah this doesn't scale very well i don't know i don't know I think a couple things for me stand out with trying to build a chat, chat-like interface into Twitter. And I guess, you know, obviously huge caveats here is we're speculating. Like we don't know a lot of the intent, a lot of the research. And, and like you said, maybe they've this is targeted at a type of user that maybe we don't fall into that category. So we're maybe even evaluating this as not a target user. Yeah, this can't be just a random thing. Like, hey, wouldn't it yeah. be cool if this has to be based on some sort of research? My My thinking is, and and one of the reasons that we're even building Spectrum is Twitter's really, really hard to have a dialogue on. Uh, as soon as you're applying to more than one person at a time, it becomes very, very easy for conversations to get forked and, and yeah. for those forks to become nearly impossible to trace or track in any sort of chronological sure. it's, way. It's a tree, right? Yeah, it's a tree yeah. where the branches are just insane. So And that's just with three people. It's It's pretty impossible to to follow a conversation with you know dozens so yeah, of people maybe this makes more sense on a small scale like i'm just imagining you know uh, a celebrity tweets something and then everything after it is a conversation that that use case doesn't make a whole lot of that sense to me sense. yeah but you know that might not be what they're trying to solve for in which yeah. case this could make perfect sense i don't know i guess we just don't know enough and they haven't shared enough about why they're doing it but sure i, I guess my speculation here is it seems like maybe they're trying to address that or maybe that's one of the problems is like, it's really hard to follow or participate in a conversation with more than one person. And the screenshot that, that Sarah shared is is a multi-person sort of threaded chat with a, a single tweet as the parent. Lots of lingering questions, of course, about how that would even get rendered in a timeline if, if those replies would ever get rendered in a timeline. Yeah. Do these count as tweets? Yeah, right? as tweets. Right, right, right. 
are those public or are they are they nested permanently under this this seed and yeah yeah which would actually be kind of cool so yeah, you're not be throwing cool. away because like I mean, they've already done stuff to set apart your tweets versus your mentions and replies and stuff or not mentions but your, your uh, replies so you can just see things that you say to no one or to everybody i guess yep <laughs> really it's the same thing on twitter saying stuff to, to <laughs> everyone, everyone and no one, one simultaneously but yeah, if this is like, I'm just replying to somebody as, yeah, uh, that actually is pretty compelling. I could, I could imagine that making a lot of sense from, from a posting curation standpoint of as far as like, I, I keep the things that I tweet really specific and I try not to have too much mess on there. I don't know. I don't know. This is cool though. I, I, like, this is like the Firefox thing where it's like, wow, I'm shocked that they're sharing this publicly, but I love it. Yeah. Maybe we can talk about that a little bit because I think it's really not a normal pattern. It's not a normal behavior for companies to share unfinished work. And you can tell that this is is unfinished and it's very exploratory. So, and, and it was retweeted by Jack. So it's very much in official capacity being sort of put out to the community for feedback. I'm curious, your perspective, certainly working at a large company, like, do you think this is a good thing? Do you think this is frustrating for designers who work there to have something at, at this stage getting sort of public critique at this scale? And I guess the designer never touched this. Um, but here's how I think about it. You, most large companies, I would expect, I assume that the reason that large companies don't share this work in progress stuff widely, not only is it because they you know, don't like to show unfinished work, but also because they don't want to let their roadmap become public so that yeah. any competitors can't catch up or beat them to the punch on a given feature, especially if it's a really good idea. I'm wondering if this is just because Twitter has no competition, you know, like there's really no other player of their size in this space that's going to, you know, is like one one feature fast follow away from taking over. You know Mastodon, what I mean? on, bro. <laughs> it's federated, distributed <laughs> Twitter. Sure. Oh, yeah. Sure. App.net. <laughs> Oh yeah, that one. You remember that everyone's, that? that everyone's paying ten, uh -huh. uh, five bucks a month for you. Hey, I, I kind of like that idea. If everybody had to pay five dollars a month for Twitter, uh -huh. I think there'd be a lot less bullshit on there. That was a good idea. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, so I'm, I'm wondering if 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 it's just because they feel comfortable enough in their supremacy or uh, superiority. What's the sup word I'm thinking of? Anyways, I think they feel comfortable enough in their position of power that they they can do this without worry of someone catching up. I also wonder what the recent sort of public pressure around transparency has done to yeah. the culture internally. Obviously, there's been a lot of backlash in the tech community around politics and Nazis using the platform and Nazis getting verified and things like that. And and the biggest complaint seems to be around transparency of the process, especially reporting and community guidelines and how people get verified. And so I, I wonder if this is almost like a, a separate team sort of responding to that as like, hey, let's try and get ahead of the curve. And and maybe, you know, we're going to get a flood of shit feedback and people saying this sucks. But maybe we're going to get some insights from people's points of view who who we would never have gotten otherwise that can help us identify safety and privacy and community issues before we ever actually ship them to whatever 400 million people. Yeah. Yeah. I think that was the other the other aspect of it that it's like, I mean, and this is something that we understand, but not everyone understands, as is obvious every time something bad happens and people go on Twitter and talk about it, which is, what if I were to tell you that there are different groups of people doing different things at large companies? 
just because they release a new feature like uh, doubling the character count in tweets doesn't mean that they're taking time away from working on uh, policy stuff. Like, yeah. Those all, are entirely all, different teams. All 2,000 Twitter employees <laughs> yeah. worked on bumping Dropped it up everything. to 280 characters. Or 280, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, big, I think, it was a big legal finance compliance issue, yeah. Yeah, this is something, I mean, we, we run into this at, at Google all the time. It's like, well, yeah. why are you working on this? This other thing is a problem. Like, well, I mean, we can walk <laughs> yeah. and chew gum. We have people who walk and we have people who chew gum and we have people who think all at the same time. They can, they can do all these things differently. And just doing one thing on one side of it doesn't mean we're taking away from the other. So, yeah, I, I wonder if this is the kind of the product side going, oh, man, we can't, we're not making a whole lot of progress on that policy stuff, but at least we can be transparent here. We can do our part to like, help the company image in general. Yeah. Which I am totally cool with. Makes sense. So to summarize, I, I feel positive about the intent as far as I can gather about building products in, in the open and getting feedback. I think it's interesting for Twitter to do. And the thing that they have shown, it feels early, but feels like they are addressing a problem that I've certainly dealt with. And obviously from a metrics perspective, they must realize like there's a huge problem with people having conversations on Twitter. Yeah. I kind of wonder why they don't just redo direct messages and make them better. But anyways, different teams, <laughs> different teams. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder also too, if like the reason that the, this doesn't look too designed or like hasn't been touched too much by a designer is intentional of like, no, 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 this is, this is huh. just like work in progress. Like don't judge it too heavily. If it looks too final, then people will think, well, they're going to ship this. This is going to happen. And then if they don't, then blah, blah, blah. Hey, it's like what we talked about two weeks ago. Mm -hmm. Should the mock be polished? Uh-huh. Yeah. So here we go. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, uh, let's continue on with the news. Uh, we'll have links to that, that tweet, everyone, in, in the show notes if you want to follow along. But we have more news. I'm excited about this one. You want me to do this one? Please. So I know okay. you're excited about this yeah, one. Yeah. So... Uh, we talked about this slightly before the, the show, but uh, I'll share my, my thoughts here. So 9to5Mac got their hands somehow on a screenshot or a product image of the new Apple Watch that's supposedly going to be announced at WWDC here on September 12th. Two weeks. Is it WWDC? No, 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 it's not WWDC. It's just the Apple event. It's like the iPhone event. Is it WWE? It's not dub, 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 dub. Yeah, that already came out. I'm stupid. <laughs> Don't, hey. Hey, you know what, Marshall? Yeah. You're not stupid. Oh, thanks, buddy. Yeah, so they got their hands on this image, and it shows a, a golden Apple Watch. With, with a not bright red dot on the crown. Well, it's, <laughs> a, it's, it's a bright it's, red uh, ring. It's like just a ring now. It looks like the ring complements the color of the metal. Hmm, okay. So I'm hoping like on the, the space gray, it would be a black ring or something. Uh, no, I think red is the cellular indicator. I know. I'm, I'm yeah. saying I really hope that they don't do that. No, I think it's probably it's just going to be red, bro. It's, it's bad. Yeah. So we have this new image from 9to5Mac of this golden Apple Watch. And the face on it is very, very dense. It's, there's a lot of stuff on there. They, they managed to pack a lot of things on a single watch face, which when I first looked at it, I was like, oh, no, it's so much stuff. And then I started looking at it and thinking about the usefulness of it. And I was like, I'll probably use this. I'll probably at least try this for a while. Uh -huh. what, what faces do you use on your Apple Watch? What's it called? Modular? Yeah, modular. Mm -hmm. um, I have temperature, time, day, date, uh, activity, music, and heart rate. So you only have the one, the one face that you use? 
The one face. Yeah, I don't switch faces. Interesting. Okay, so I have three different faces that I use. I have modular for uh, work, or I also use like Siri, the Siri face for work, because upcoming meetings and stuff like that, it's really nice to see my schedule, because uh, I sit in meetings most of the day. But then I also have an activity digital face for like running and, and tracking my rings and stuff. So but basically, I, I have Siri in the middle and modular off to the left and Siri off to the right and kind of swap between those. But I might, I might add this one to my repertoire, this, this dense face. Yeah, it looks good. And, and uh, sort of reading off this screenshot, it seems like, so there's eight complications. You could almost argue nine because there's a shit ton of stuff going on on this screen. Um, but it's because the, the screen of the new Apple Watch is going to be bigger, supposedly 15% bigger, sort of edge to edge. It looks like they're going like iPhone 10 style edge to edge with like a slight curve, you know, like the, the screen feels like it's rolling over the edge slightly. Yeah, this uh, this design philosophy of, of the big rounded corners, but edge to edge screen uh, seems to be taking hold, which I am a big fan of. I hope they continue this. I want an iPad that looks like that, please. Uh-huh. Without the notch, please also, but we'll see. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm looking at all this stuff and and the reason that I have multiple faces because I have multiple use cases. Like uh, Modular, I actually use a lot at home because it has like my SmartThings app on it and it has like music and uh, the Apple remote for my Apple TV. I can just get at those things a lot more easily. Um, so I kind of have like different settings based on my or I have different watch faces depending on my setting, my, my environment. But this, I could kind of have one for everything. I'd be able to see what my next meeting is and set timers and uh, put all these things in the corner. I just wonder, so they have these like progress bars slash text strings that curve around the circular watch. And I mean, there's a, there's the calendar one at the top, but I'm talking about the corner ones. And uh, I'm wondering what will go in each of those slider areas. I'm wondering like how useful that will be for every third-party app, like if people will even find a thing worthy of going into that space, you know? Oh, I see. Like you could you could reserve a corner and there'll be like a corner sort of API of like label yeah. icon. Yeah, this is how <laughs> they do it. There's like large, medium, small, or something like that. Like there's, you, know, you kind of have to create different lockups depending on how people use your complication. Um, so this is like a brand new complication for the corner, but um, and and the the ones that they've used all make a whole lot of sense, right? Like a timer with a progress bar, a temperature uh, thermometer, uh, a UV index reader. It looks like that seems super useful day to day to know what the, the UVI UV is. is. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I guess if you're like easily burned, I, I don't know. <laughs> Oh, like me? Okay. Yeah, us pale boys. But and then and then there's like an alarm. So yeah, I guess that's no, that's sunset. Yeah. So I wonder, and maybe it makes sense to choose the center uh, locations for the ones that don't need to have any of that extra information, and you cho- and leave the corners for ones that have supplementary. Yeah. Info. I don't know, but this looks cool. I'll probably use it, like I said. Yeah. So we'll. I guess we'll learn more in two weeks, and everyone will have a link to the these screenshots in the show notes as well. But. I bet it'll be a lot less busy if you if you set a color instead of like the multicolor. This is like the multicolor one, right? Like yeah. if everything is a unified blue or red or something, it'll be less crazy. It's busy, but it's not it's not hard to reason about. I don't think. Like I feel like you could get very used to this very quickly. No, totally. That's like my first inclination. My my first reaction was like, whoa, it's just so much. And then I started looking at it. I'm like, oh, this is actually really quite usable it's, it's yeah. a lot to look at but it's segmented nicely in a way that that's really usable because everything is driven by the corners like all the text is in corners you can very easily sort of segment your attention so it's busy but 
not i don't know it's kind of like a muscle memory thing where you know which corner to look for the thing once you've got right. it all set up like yeah but the one thing actually i just noticed right now that probably will keep me from using this face is it's a it's an analog clock <laughs> i can't do uh, that shit. i mean i can read hands, a clock. hands hands yeah <laughs> No, what are these? Numbers. Yeah. No, seriously though, like I, I, the minutes matter, right? Uh, and I guess you can tell, but um, when there's a when there's <laughs> yes. text up top, so it's hard to tell where the, the tick is. The big hand. I don't, shut up, right? <laughs> no, but I mean, like if so, here it says 12 p.m. lunch with Ken Tartine, right? And if the hand is pointing at the H and with, it's like uh, I guess that's like a couple minutes after. I don't know, like. Knowing yeah. if it's two minutes till or two minutes after is very important to me because I know that I'm early or late for a meeting. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Fair enough. Maybe this won't be your your work complication or your work face. Yeah, maybe it'll be a home one. But this could, I mean, this could be a great home face. I'll probably upgrade regardless. I'm I'm on the Series Zero Apple oh, Watch. You have the first one? Wow. It's it's uh, it's getting old. I had to leave it behind in the last the last generation i went from 0 to 3 yeah and it was a big upgrade but yeah. I, I couldn't i couldn't do it any longer it's just too slow i can't believe you've managed yeah well i guess we'll learn more in 2 weeks uh mm-hmm. but let's move on we've got more news yeah yeah keep going just a small update principle the prototyping application built by daniel hooper who has been on the design details podcast in the past i met him too actually one man show building yeah. the software uh, crazy. absolutely incredible uh-huh. to think that he he's doing this alone uh principal came out with version four Dado. with a lot of work on video which makes a lot of sense because a lot of applications are turning to video especially every consumer app is like videos what people are designing and building right now and uh making prototyping easier for that format makes a lot of sense plus it's hooked up to drivers and stuff so um you can actually scrub and pause and control the, the timing. Plus, they, I think they added a, a slow interaction. Uh, if you hold shift when you click on something, you can see the, uh, the animations happening slowly, which is a really nice feature. Yeah. Animation scrubbing feels super useful. And that's actually one thing that I feel like every other prototyping tool seems to be missing now is like they, they hide that magic behind the scenes. Yeah. And you can adjust curves and stuff, but like playing with it in slow motion and frame by frame is hard to do yeah you have to have a really high brain frame rate in order to really <laughs> yeah. like catch all yeah. the nuances i can see the world at 200 fps <laughs> so that's principle four uh well done daniel if you uh use it for prototyping i guess upgrade and if you don't uh, and you're doing work with video check out a uh, principle that's at principle for mac.com and we'll have links to the release notes in our show notes always all right next uh chrome 69 is coming up and we're starting to see some early screenshots of Chrome integrating Material Spec 2.0, which, Marshall, perhaps you can speak a, a little more to what, what 2.0 means in the material world, but the screenshots are round. There's lots of... <laughs> <laughs> there are rounded corners. So uh, if you use Chrome, get ready for those border radii to go from about 2 to about 8 or 10. What is eight. it, Marshall? I'm guessing yeah, it's, eight. it's eight. Yeah. Yeah. This is, I mean, I'm a sucker for uh, design systems and, and specs. I, I love reading through that. I, I absorb them into my being and I, I mentally refer to them constantly. So this is, um, I think this is really nice. I th- the, the main update for me, it looks like, is the, the tab style. 
So instead of being angled tabs at the top, they're now straight down and a lot more uh, flat, a lot less uh, overlapping layers, a lot fewer overlapping layers, I'm sorry. Yeah, um, this looks cool. I mean, it's not a huge update as far as visuals go. Like they, It looks like they have gone to the material icons and um, are using material spacing and padding and all that stuff. But for the most part, it's like just a slight uh, facelift. Can, can you tell me a little more about Material 2.0? Because I haven't been paying enough attention. Yeah, I mean, you kind of got it. It's like a lot of rounded corners. Um, I think it's just a more... Material <laughs> <laughs> 2.0, uh, rounded the, corners. Yeah, sorry. That's like making it seem less important than it is. It's, it was a ton of work, I'm sure. But they, uh, yeah, it, it inherits a ton from 1.0. Like, basically, I would say 85% of the rules are the same as far as padding and tap targets and all that stuff like none of that changes i think it's just some um styling differences as far as like adding flat versus bordered versus raised cards and the the corner radii on those raised cards everything just feels a little bit softer a little bit more tappable a little bit more friendly um, which it's strange that rounding corners can make something feel friendly but it absolutely does yeah. 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 That is a weird paradigm. I don't know. It just looks softer, right? Like you, as a human, someone, uh, someone like shows you an object. Like the first thing you want to do is touch it, right? Like just to see what the texture feels like. And your brain just wants to touch things to add more information about that object. And we know that soft kind of uh, smooth objects are more fun to touch than hard, sharp objects, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> so I think, this is taking a very obvious physical reality and making it digital. Yep. Uh, it translates really well. It looks like that's going to be coming out in September. So for all you Chrome users, keep an eye out. Otherwise, we'll have a link to, to screenshots for people who just want to poke around the UI and see what's coming up. Yep, it's rounded, but it looks good. Uh, I like the yeah. material the material spec and the way it's evolved, and, and Chrome is my browser of choice as well. So good job to the yeah. Chrome team. Desktop for sure. Yes. Do you use it on your phone? No, Safari. Safari, yeah, yeah, I know. Isn't that strange? Uh, yeah. Right? But do you ever feel a need to use Safari on your Mac or Chrome on your phone? <laughs> I use Safari on my Mac when I'm debugging websites, uh, yeah. and that is the only time ever. Isn't that interesting? I, I know a ton of people who have this exact same setup, myself included. Isn't that bizarre? I don't yeah. know. Yeah, I feel... People, it seems like people have these workspaces in their head for each browser. It's like I use this for these types of activities. Sure. Uh, maybe there's like privacy or, or like login settings or something I like that. But, I feel like, I, I mean, I could benefit so much from using the same one on every platform as far as like saved passwords and settings and remembering my tabs and history and all that stuff. If I want to get back to something later, I'm, I'm actually making it more difficult on myself, but. I don't know. It just feels natural to use Safari on phone. And uh, I guess if I had an Android phone, it'd be totally different. But on sure. iPhone, Safari. But on Mac, I mean, that's not a Chromebook or anything. And I still want to use Chrome. Yep. I don't know. Maybe a poll. <laughs> yeah, we should. Yeah, that's a good idea. We should All do right, a poll. We'll put out a poll. Uh, yeah, I'll have to see how to how I would set that up in such a way that people could vote the right combination. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It'd have to be four things. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll do a poll. Let us know what you think. All right. That's it. That's it for the news. That's it for the news. I think that's it for for uh, what we should talk about in this show. But uh, I think you found something cool this week, Marshall. I, I did. Well, not well, this week. Well, you didn't find it this week, I guess. Well, now that I'm looking at what you have on the list. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I could talk about the thing I found this week and save this for another week. Go for it. Okay, fine. So, you know, I like the video games. 
uh-huh. and there uh, <laughs> okay. is this is what I'm going to talk about. Okay. So there's this game called The Witcher that's been out for a, a long time. It's a, The third one came out. Um, it's a long-running series by a company called CD Projekt Red, and they are masters of detail when it comes to world building. It's something that I absolutely love, and they have a new game coming out sometime. We don't know, but they've just started showing more of it. It's called Cyberpunk 2077. I don't know how you feel about the cyberpunk milieu but it is one of my favorite world types like dystopian futuristic future fucking love it uh i want to live in that world blade runner right like yeah i want to live there and this game is a first person uh shooter set up in that type of world it's it takes place in 2077 go figure cyber 20 or cyberpunk 2077 but it's it's got really interesting minimalistic ui and the the graphics and the storytelling are fucking outstanding brian you haven't watched this yet you need to watch it it is mind-blowing the amount of work that has gone into it and the and the entire thing it's 48 minutes of gameplay it's a youtube video i'll send you it is 48 minutes like that is huge they they put out like a two-minute trailer at e3 um electronic entertainment expo uh, <laughs> thank, you. And, thank you yeah yeah i was getting confused uh, yeah hold on let me plug in my universal serial bus here hold on <laughs> Yeah, so they, they showed a two-minute trailer at E3 and blew up the internet. Like, everybody was losing their minds. And then, you know, a few weeks later, they come out with this 48-minute gameplay sequence that's narrated and it's uncut. It's just like a, a gameplay segment. It's outstanding. It goes to everything from, like, combat to uh, decision trees with character decisions and upgrades to your to your uh, body. as far Because, like, you know, it's the future and it's all mechy and stuff. So, like, you can upgrade your eyeballs and your hands and stuff. So cool. Uh, I would I cannot upgrade wait my, my lumbar back is what I would upgrade first. <laughs> no, that's, I mean, it just got real. <laughs> it just got really real and sad. I would upgrade my shoulder. I would upgrade my my, my poor knees. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my knees, man. I uh, can't jump like I used to. Um, but yeah, so that's my that's my thing. Don't watch it at work. It is definitely not safe for work. There are it's very violent and very sexual, or I guess it's not super sexual, but like there's uh, definitely nudity and uh, references to sexuality in it. So I would not watch adult it. Adult themes, at, yeah. At work. yeah, adult themes. There you go. This would be rated R if it were a movie, but it is so cool. I cannot wait, Brian. I'm stoked, and it probably won't come out until 2020 or something, or 2077. So. Yeah, actually, probably. Um, <laughs> but yeah, they, they were caveating the entire time. Like, this is an alpha. This is an alpha. It's just pre-alpha build. This is this is like su- super, super early. And it looks so polished and good. So I don't know wow, how much of it wow. was on Rails and uh, Golden Path. But like, apparently the entire game is playable and they're just working on details now. Wow. I can't wait, Brian. I'm so excited. All right. Well, we'll have a link to that YouTube video in the show notes for all you uh, vid- video game players. <laughs> yeah, video game players. You nerds. Nerd. What yeah, do you AKA, got, Brian? AKA nerds who sit at home <laughs> in the dark, <laughs> antisocial. Yeah. This week, my my find is I don't think it's new, and it's uh, very design nerd nerdery. So if you are also a nerd uh, in the design sense, um, check. Somebody built a quiz to see if you can tell Ariel apart from Helvetica <sighs> by way of uh, taking logos in that were. Uh, created with Helvetica originally and recreating them with Ariel and you choose which one is the Helvetica one. This is a dumb little thing, uh, but it's a, you know, it's a thing that you can do and, and, and test yourself and figure out if, if you have an eye for this kind of stuff. I, I've, I got 18 out of 20. Marshall, I don't know if you're going to do this. I'm, I'm taking it right now okay. as, as you speak. 
So we'll clip I'm this up. three, and I think I haven't missed one yet. Uh, the two I missed, I'm embarrassed I missed. But yeah, this is a very much a little little design treat. If you need a little break, uh, go test yourself. We'll have a link to that in the show notes. What's the giveaways? I mean, obviously the capital R, uh, the the like the C and the E have have terminals that are flat, right? Instead of angled. So the the letters that I look for are the lowercase T. The lowercase r, the uppercase r. What is the thing about the lowercase t? It goes flat instead of curving up? The lowercase t is flat on the bottom. Yeah. I don't know the terminology. Ligature? I don't know. Uh, but it's flush against the no, ground. Ligature is two letters together. Fuck off, man. Uh-huh. I didn't, go, I didn't go to design school. Uh, cap, <laughs> capital R is the big giveaway, but most of these examples don't have that. Yeah. Uh, so I look for lowercase r's and uh, lowercase t's. Ooh, Kawasaki's hard. The one mm-hmm. that fucked me up, which I actually guessed correctly, was uh, one of them was in italics, uh, National Car and Truck Rental. Was <laughs> It's italicized, and so you, and it has lowercase t's, but they look the same because it's italicized. It's like, God. <laughs> oh, man. Mattel is hard, too. Oh, geez. Uh, that's one the one I missed, Mattel. Ah, uh, Mattel. Hmm. What does the M look like? I know which one looks better, but I don't know which one is right. <laughs> Choose the one that... Ah, oh, shit. I don't know. Oh, 19 out of 20. Okay. Fuck! I got 19 out of 20, buddy. God damn it. Which one did you miss? Toyota. That's the one that I was having trouble really? with. Really? Wow. I mean, it's really, it's like, what, three letter, four letters? T-O-Y-A. Yeah. Yeah, that was a tough one. But I got the rest of them right. Good job. In your face, I'm better than you, Brian. 5% better. Just 5%. <laughs> yeah. uh, I'll take listeners, it. let us know what you got, what yeah. your score was. And no cheating. Tell us the truth, even I'm if you got cheating. 0 out of 20. I mean, we wanted... give you some pretty solid <laughs> hints as far as like things <laughs> to tell apart. But... If Drew didn't cut it apart. Oh, yeah, with the, the R's and the... Yeah, the, the lowercase uh, T's and T's. Yeah. I think the, the biggest thing for me was that um, the terminals, meaning the... Or I'm probably getting this wrong, but the yeah. the way the letter ends. like So, for example, the, the, the open ends on an S... Instead of having an angled end, they're flat, parallel yeah. with the with the baseline. Yeah, um, that's like a huge giveaway. I think the the letter forms are a little bit more square, like capitals. Like the O is more square than it is perfectly round. It's less yeah. geometric. That's the show. Uh, we hope you enjoyed it. Let us know uh, what you thought. We're on Twitter at Design Details FM. Let us know your score on Ariel versus Helvetica. Let us know what you think of Cyberpunk 2077. Let us know what you think about uh, Safari and Chrome on phone and uh, <laughs> yeah. Mac. We'll have. I guess we're going to have a bunch of stuff up on on Twitter. We're at Design Details FM. Before we go, of course, huge thank you to Envision Studio for making this episode possible. Go check them out at EnvisionApp.com/studio. They're building the world's most powerful screen design tool to bring design, prototyping, animation, and collaboration to you and your team so that you can build better digital products. Go to envisionapp.com slash studio and give it a try. It's free forever. And thanks to Sarah and Drew for editing this episode, editing this episode. Editing, mastering, mixing, remixing, (laughs) making us... Sounds Sound smarter than we a are. A little bit smarter than we are. <laughs> yeah. And of course, if you need more podcasts for your ears, go to spec.fm. We are a podcast network for designers and developers just like you. And we've got a bunch of shows on there. So go check them out at spec.fm. And if you have been enjoying the show, we would love an iTunes review. We read them. We take that feedback seriously. Uh, so leave us a review on iTunes. And that also helps more people discover the show. So thank you to everyone who does that. Uh, otherwise, just hit us up on Twitter. We're at Design Details FM or join us on Spectrum at spectrum.chat slash specfm. Sweet. 
Another one in the can, Brian Boy. Another one doesn't bite the dust. And another one another consumes one the dirt. Smooths sails smoothly. There you go. Flying colors. Flying colors. See you next week, buddy. Bye. Bye.